Tell Me More podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello and welcome to Tell Me More. Our guest today is the wonderful Cece Jeffries. Cece is the founder of a coaching service which offers independent support, mentoring and guidance to women and men confronted with fertility issues. After experiencing infertility firsthand, Cece is passionate about giving the emotional impact of fertility issues and treatments the attention they deserve. Cece uses her social media to connect with people struggling with fertility issues and through her empathetic nature and witty sense of humour, she makes you feel seen, safe and supported. My name is Olivia Molly Rogers and I'm excited to get comfortable in the uncomfortable with you and remind you that nobody is perfect and everybody has something going on behind the scenes that you may not know about. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Cece, thanks for being here with me. Thank you. I'm so excited. We actually, we haven't met before, but I feel like we've been online friends for a while. Totally. Very long time. I... I came across your page, your fertility page, when I was going through my own struggles with fertility and straight away I was I was scrolling for a really long time because there's a lot of great content on there and I felt so seen and I was like, oh, my God, where was this before? Because I'd already been going through it for a bit um, and, yeah, it's just amazing. So I would love for you to tell me about what you do and and how you got to, got to do what you – are doing now well, thank you no well I'm um, really it started with my husband and I being knocked over the head with an infertility diagnosis so we got married and started trying for a baby and um yeah after about eight months you know things weren't looking great so I had a few tests and we were yeah knocked over the head with a male infertility diagnosis um and our world came absolutely crashing down and um you know it's one of those things where it's one in six people are inf- are affected by infertility, but you honestly feel like you're one in six million. Mm. And my anxiety went through the roof. I'd never experienced a panic attack. I'd never experienced, you know, proper anxiety before. And that just, you know, ha- ha- hit me within probably a month of the diagnosis. Um, the overwhelming uncertainty and fear about what we were going to do. I think the realisation that you're not going to have a child the old-fashioned way mm. and you have to do IVF is really really hard it's a hard pill to swallow mm. um, and it's nothing you ever had planned and you look at everyone who gets to choose when and how many children they have and you think oh my god like <laughs> that's so unfair um, that we don't have that so from that day honestly I can say hand on heart from that day I realized that you know there was no support you would leave a doctor's appointment and you would go home and sit on the couch and you'd be like, what the fuck do we do now? Like yeah. you, you just, you, there's nothing, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to get on the Google forums and go down that path because that's going to send you into a, you know, absolute spin. And um, how yeah, long ago was this? This was in 2000 and so probably eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this was really before Instagram, you know, really took off in mm-hmm. terms of people starting to share their stories more and, and things like that, which has been fantastic. But, but still, you know, the fertility process is very much about, you know, the egg and the sperm and the embryo and what it does and the physical side of things. But 
even after being in Copenhagen recently for the big fertility um, conference, you know, the big the big finding from that was just patient care was so low, you know, across the whole of, you know, the world, the clinics across the world, you know. Um, so that's something that, you know, I, I just, again, was, you know, my, my business was really validated there as well that just people need support. I mean, going through finding out you can't have a baby the old fashioned way or whether it's infertility or whatever it is, is it's likened to a cancer diagnosis, you know, and mm. you're just left to your own devices to, you know, find a way and navigate, you know, some good doctors and some not so good doctors. And yeah. yeah so It is a very lonely experience. Very. Which is why I felt so relieved when I found your page. Because I think when you're going through it, I don't know if you found this too, it's hard to talk to friends at first, particularly friends who might already have kids mm. um, or friends who are nowhere near that point mm. because they can't even wrap their heads around it. And I feel like for most of your you know, young adult life, you're trying to not get pregnant mm. and you just kind of think, oh, well, when I change my mind and I want to get pregnant, it'll just happen. Mm. Um but obviously, once you do start talking to people, it's so common that that's not how it works. Mm. How long is it sort of typical to be trying to conceive before you look into other options? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. And it's something, you know, I get asked a lot. It's, look, for my my opinion is it's, it's, it's your body, it's your life. If you want to get tested when you've been trying for three months and you want to just find out some basic hormone tests, you want to find out, you know, um, have an ultrasound to find out you're ovulating, have a day 21 progesterone test, whatever it is. If you part, you know, if you want to get your partner tested, like we are obviously having babies a lot later now. Um, so, and time is very precious mm. with fertility. I just think, you know, and obviously a lot of people now are freezing their, their eggs, which is incredible um, for a number of reasons. But I just feel, you know, you, there, there used to be probably, you know, five years ago it was, try for 12 months and and then you can go and get tested which I totally disagree with I think anyone over sort of 34 who's been trying for six months go and get a test just to check everything's okay um that's me that's because I want to know all the information and I think you know it's it is our body you know and it's something that that was me I wanted to get like we yeah yeah I wanted to get tested straight away yeah because I feel like knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. You're better off knowing if something's not right and then trying to fix it. Absolutely. Rather than just sort of trying aimlessly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and also, you know, some doctors, you know, almost make you feel bad for asking for these tests. And mm. I think that's a huge thing of what I do with Fertility Collective is just empowering people to advocate for themselves and, you know, the doctor works for you. You know, you can ask whatever questions you want. You, you can ask for whatever tests you want at any time. You mm. know, it is your life. So, you know, there's no shame in that. Yeah. What were you doing before you got into this? I uh, Corporate, so corporate. I was um, advertising agencies in London and Sydney for 10 years and then, you know, thought, yeah, that's my job. And, you know, and literally I remember standing in on Clarence Street in the city working for George Patswiner at the time and I got the call about, uh, you know, diagnosis. And that's when I had my first panic attack and got the call saying you know there's this is your diagnosis and you're going to have to do IVF and you know it's something you know you never ever plan on you never think it's going to happen to you and Mm. you know um and I just I had to quit my job I made up some ridiculous excuse that I had glandular fever 
to my boss at the time because I, you know, could not, I could not function. I couldn't go back to work. There is no way I could have, you know, and I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, have four weeks off to work out what I wanted to do. And then I realized I had to go back and contract with something a lot less, you know, demanding and a bit more flexible, um, which was good in advertising. You can do that. But I, yeah, it was it completely um I wouldn't change a thing I wouldn't go back to to corporate now but yeah it was um that was yeah that was what I was doing first so did you then leave straight away and start this straight away or was it not until you had been through your IVF journey that you started this yeah I wanted to have my children first yeah yeah so once we um you know, got the formula right and got worked out how we were going to have children, um, then I was ready to um, to launch this business. And I knew I did some obviously freelance advertising in between sort of, you know, a bit of for some income and things like that. But I always knew this is what I wanted to do. There was just such a huge gap. There was just the patient care and, and you know, you, you probably have seen a snippet of it with your, you know, the egg freezing. It's just, you know, there's, there, there's, there's, the focus is all on the physical side and, you know, mm. um, an infertility diagnosis, it takes over your whole entire life and life keeps going. You know, you still have to go to work. You still have to go and see your friends. You still have to, you know, go to a family function and, and life goes on and you're dealing with this humongous black cloud mm. over your head, of this humongous cloud of uncertainty, um, you know, of if and when it's going to happen, yeah. you know, and it's it's really overwhelming. And, you know, when we have, you know, no control over the situation, our confidence gets completely flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we feel like a shell of ourselves. Like Cece going through infertility was so much different to Cece 10 years before that. You yeah. know, I was this confident life of the party, you know, like whatever girl and um and then this happened and i was i completely withdrew from everything and anyone i could and i you know was riddled with anxiety um had no idea if i was ever going to become a mum um and yeah it was really the feeling is still so strong inside me mm-hmm. which i think is why i you know just yeah obviously want to be doing what i'm doing well when it's why you can help so many people yeah. because i think people going leave. through it unless you have you can't you can be empathetic but it's so different once you've actually experienced some of those feelings oh. I know when I so like I was trying trying to get pregnant with my ex-husband and we actually first started trying um in 2020 when our wedding was postponed because we thought oh well, we, maybe we'll flip the order of things mm. I've wanted to be a mum since I was Mm. a baby like I used to carry babies around everywhere as in toy babies not Mm. not real babies um but I've just that's so in me I know it's not it's not for everyone but I have just always wanted to be a mum so I thought when the time is right it'll just surely it'll just happen Mm. um we tried for a bit and it didn't happen and then we thought okay we've kind of missed the window where it would be an okay amount of time before the wedding so Mm. now we'll just wait till after the wedding and then yeah, started trying again. I was like, okay, well, that that period of time, does that then count towards my like my next amount of time trying? Do you know what I mean? So I, I feel like mentally, you know, every negative pregnancy test after that, it felt consecutive yeah. from the months that I'd tried before. Um, so even the first one, I was so down about it and so upset. And 
yeah, instantly you sort of feel like your body's failing you a lot of blame on myself. Mm, I'm like, mm, what am I doing wrong? mm, mm. And I became, I was so depressed. Mm. I mean, yeah, in hindsight, there were other things going on too. Mm. But you do become withdrawn because you're trying to do all the right things in order to get pregnant. Mm. So whether that's, you know, less intense exercise, Mm. not going out as much, trying to get more sleep, um, you know, making all these sacrifices. Mm. And then when it's not working, Mm. it is the worst feeling in the world Mm. because you're like, I'm doing everything. Like what could I possibly do? And that's differently. And that's this ancient stigma, really, Mm. which I call it. It's like there is no amount of wine that can get you pregnant. There's no amount of holidaying that can get you pregnant. There is no amount of relaxing that can get you pregnant. Mm. There is no amount of thinking positively that can get you pregnant. You know, there is no amount of, you know, there's this is this stick. So really when someone says to you or just relax, it's insulting. And they say as well, I had this so many times, um, Oh, it'll be when you're not thinking about it mm. that you it'll just happen. Yeah. I'm like, how can you possibly not think about it when literally every day I, pretty much all I'm doing throughout my day is things to help me totally. get pregnant. Like you're totally. taking the supplements Absolutely. and you all of the things. Yeah. How do I not think about totally. it? Like you can't. Totally. It's as soon as you wake up that morning yeah. until you go to bed at night, that's all you think about. And you're tracking your, your period. You're tracking yep. ovulation. Like yep. literally you can't unthink all those things no exactly and once you've done the research to know what you're you know supposed to do you can't unlearn it no and then just sort of like ignore it for the best exactly exactly I found that really frustrating and that's something I love on your page is how much you talk about the annoying things that people say Mm. can you talk more about that yeah so I think I guess you know what we touched on before is just you know, relaxing and then not thinking about it. And it's just the, it's insulting. Like, you know, endometriosis, for example, is not, is not caused by stress. Mm. Um, male factor infertility is not caused by stress. Um, miscarriage is not caused by stress. There are every possible cause of not falling pregnant after a year, which is classified as infertility, is not caused by stress. Or so, you know, when someone does say, oh, just you just need to relax and not think about it, it's insulting, mm. you know, and that's, I think, something which people people need to take infertility. And I hate the word infertility. I, the, I, we need to change it to something else, not falling pregnant after a year. Mm. Um, people need to take it seriously. So because then those flippant comments like just relax, you know, won't, you know, they, they just won't be thrown around because it is a serious condition. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, one in six people. It's a medical condition. You know, it's nothing anyone did, said, thought, ate, drank, none of that. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's really the huge part of Fertility Collective's Instagram page is just, you know, making people aware. And I love that, you know, people share my posts with their family and friends who aren't struggling just to let them know that that's what they're going through and mm-hmm. what not to say. Yeah, I think a big part of what you do isn't obviously just supporting people going through it, yeah. but it's awareness to change people's language yeah. around fertility. Yeah. Because you also get people, and I know it comes from, it actually does come from a good place, mm. but I think it's just like a lack of awareness Absolutely. when they say, oh, you know, my friend, when they went on a holiday, they yeah. felt pregnant like that. Yeah. Like, just go on a holiday. Exactly. You're right. And that's the thing, though, is people do want to help and they mm. do want to support you and they just don't know how. And to, to know infertility, you have to have lived it. The emotions that come up, you know, the anger, the un- injustice of it all, the uncertainty, the overwhelm, the anxiety, the, you know, jealousy, 
all of those feelings, which are so foreign for most of us and so uncomfortable, they come up with this, you know, with a fertility struggle. And, you know, to, you only understand that if you've been through it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. How did you get through the time that you were doing your IVF treatment? Um, deep breath. <laughs> um, it was it was very hard. Mm. I won't lie. It was awful. Um, uh, I did a combination of um, psychologist. I did a combination of, you know, um, every single I, – I, I needed to empower myself with seeing as many doctors as I could. And yeah. thank God we did because we wouldn't have children if we didn't see the sixth – got the sixth opinion. Wow. Um, oh, so, oh, that's a whole nother that's podcast. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, yeah, it was really just, for me, it was getting as much information as I could um, and talking to the right people. Um, it was, you know, talking, you know, dealing with my anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And I did have to, you know, go on medication for a short period of time because I couldn't couldn't function. The anxiety was through the roof and, you know, I've got... I shout that from the ceilings to every single person I work with. There is, it's, it's not going to affect your pregnancy. It's not going to affect yeah. your, you know, talk to your doctor, of course, but it's not going to affect any IVF outcomes. And I think there's a lot of people, are, um, you know, they, they fight that and they suffer a lot more than they need to. Um, and it's only for a short period of time. It's a horrendous chapter of our lives. But, um, but yeah, obviously talk to your doctor about that. But that definitely helped mm. for the time being. And then, um, and then, yeah, and then really having a plan at, at the end and just, you know, it, it was, yeah, it, it, it was hard though. <laughs> I can't say I did it amazingly well, um, but I, I think when I started to control what I could control, mm. I got my confidence back. Okay. Um, and that's where I started Fertility Collective and, and the new membership now, which is all about controlling what we can control. You know, we can control how we start our days, how we finish our days, what we fill our minds with, um, you know, all the all, all how we sort of manage our stress and things mm-hmm. like that. Because at the end of the day, stress does not cause infertility, but infertility causes a shitload of stress, and it's about managing that stress so our whole world doesn't fall apart fall apart around us. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the thing with a fertility struggle is, you know, most people, a lot of people are doing it in a silent environment still, and that has broad knock-on effects to their work and their family life and their friends and social life. And um, so, I, you know, I feel really passionately about helping people control, you know, as much as, of their life as they can mm-hmm. um, as they're dealing with this beast. Yeah. Yeah. We touched very briefly before on male factor infertility and you mentioned that that was part of the reason that you had to go down the IVF path. I feel like that's something that isn't often spoken about Mm. and a lot of the time I know I felt like it was my body failing me. It was just what I assumed. Mm. I'm like something's broken. It's not working. It's not doing its job. I'm doing something wrong. And I think a lot of women feel that way. And a lot of people also assume that people are going who are going through infertility, it's because there's something wrong with the woman. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about male factor infertility? Mm. So male factor affects 40% of couples. Wow. So 40%. So, you know, in my community at the moment, I could honestly say to you, it's over 50% are dealing with male factor. Wow. Yeah. And you're right. It is, it is 
you know, it's it's awful that the initial, you know, blame is on the female and, you know, we go and have, I mean, I, I was sent off for high cozies, which are really invasive tests, you know, before a simple sperm test, which is a pretty pleasant little test for oh, a boy. But also <laughs> like the amount of money that we have to spend as a woman on the tests that we do. Totally. So invasive, totally. poking and prodding. When a simple and they just have ejaculation. To give a little, a little, <laughs> little sample. Little cup. And have an okay time. I know. It. <laughs> and have their result. Yeah. You know? And we have to go at a certain day. We have to have a full yeah. bladder. We have to have all the yeah. Um so you know, that's wrong I, in my mind. I, I feel like, you know, I think, yeah, there's – anyway, the, uh, it, things are getting better with mm. testing. It's all about having the right GP. I think, the f- you know, for everyone who's trying at home now and it hasn't happened and they want to do some tests, it's the right GP. Yeah. That is absolutely key. Um, So, yeah, no, with male factor, yeah, so 40% is obviously um, male factor. And it is just um, – it's this huge unknown where, you know, again, a lot of money – in terms of research money has been thrown at female factor and there isn't as much that's been thrown at male factor still. So, you know, a lot of, you know, we know a lot more about the female body than the male reproductive system. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's scary Mm. and it's very unknown. And, you know, we, we, there's a lot of people out there who have absolutely no answers as to why, you know, their sperm is the way it is. Yeah. Mm. I also feel like there's a bit of an ego thing mm. with men that like, I know as women we feel like we're failing, but we often feel like we're failing in every sense of the word, <laughs> every part <laughs> of life. Yeah. Um, but I think for men it's a real like kick in the guts because yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. like that's my masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Even though it doesn't make any man any less of a man. No, absolutely you know, not. It's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunately it's nothing, again, anyone did said, you know, it's the same for the man. It's just, you know, you're, st- you're still just as manly as the other man next to you. Yeah. You just have, you know, it, I mean, it's a disease, you know. Mm. It's whether it's, you know, whether it's a arthritis, diabetes, a cancer, you know, Crohn's disease, they all classify as diseases, you know, and that's just just the same as infertility. Yeah. I want to talk about egg freezing. Yeah. So obviously, like I mentioned, I was doing fertility treatment, but that didn't work out because my marriage didn't work out. So I'm on a different path. And I think when I went through my breakup, one of the things that I found the hardest was grieving the path that I thought that I was on Mm. not being my path anymore and the fact that I was so desperate to have kids and then that was suddenly not anywhere, like I couldn't even see it in my future because Mm. I'm like, well, I don't know what's happening now. Mm. And, you know, the thought of trying to meet the the next hopefully right person, um, I wouldn't want to rush into anything. I'd probably want to wait a couple of years Mm. before having a kid Mm. and – then that's so much time mm. and I'm 31. Mm. So I was panicking. Mm. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this because I do have a ticking clock. Um, so I looked into egg, egg freezing and I did that this year and I'm so glad that I did because I think for me what I found is it like it, it feels like this, um, I know it's not insurance, but it feels like some sort of insurance yeah. that – you know, if in three years' time I still haven't met the right person, I'm pretty okay mm. with getting a sperm donor and doing it on my own. Totally. Um, I had some mixed feedback, though, about egg freezing, which which was interesting and not really what I expected. Did you? Yeah. I would love to know what you think about it. Yeah. 
I will tell you, I think it. I think it's incredible. I am a huge advocate for it. Um, I feel it is empowering us. You know, we are people are having babies later now. Mm. Absolutely. So we, you're never going to regret freezing your eggs, but you may regret not freezing your eggs. And I think that's it. Yeah. You know, I think. We if we can do it now, I mean most. I mean a lot of the fertility doctors I talk to, that's seventy percent of their client base now really? are freezing eggs. Yeah, that's just egg freezing, egg freezing egg. So I talked to a, a doctor, at the top doctor in New York, the other day, for a Q and A in my membership, and she said seventy five percent of her patients were just egg freezing patients between wow. the age of twenty eight and thirty eight. Yeah, that's Huge. all she did. Yeah, and she, you know, and, and you know, it is. It's something which, you know, you know you've you've got there. I guess obviously there's, you know, it's a procedure. But it wasn't that that pe- pe- people were sort of, I don't know, questioning. Um, it was, don't you know that it's not a definite? Of course. Which is like amazing. Yes, I yeah, know that. Of course. I'm, I'm doing this thing and putting my body through we all of this. We might get one egg from it. it or you might yeah. get one from 10, what, whatever it is, whatever the stats are. I, and also, you know when you thaw them yeah they might not survive yeah people sending me there's footage of courtney kardashian oh. that none of hers made it through the thawing process but i'm like why are you sending this yeah. to me when i'm literally like I, going through it i know and also that wouldn't change you doing it now you still want to give yeah, it a go exactly. you know you're still going to do it now like it doesn't if it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah you're not going to not do it because of courtney kardashian exactly but then this is exactly why we need to have these conversations yeah. because the lack of awareness or lack of empathy. Yeah. And the and the ridiculous advice that comes from everyone <laughs> who thinks they know what you're going through, you yeah. know, and this is a real – look, I think society as a whole, you know, has shifted a lot. I think society – you know, there was this ancient stigma, you know, about fertility and mm. – um, but now I think people are talking about it more and people like you, are, you know, you sharing your story is absolutely incredible oh, because you. I have a lot of people who follow your story and are really empowered by that. So thank I you. think that's incredible. Um, and, you know, the fact you didn't share your egg numbers and all that stuff was incredible. The way you did it was amazing. Um, I think though that, like, thank you, I appreciate that. But I, if I had done it a few years ago, I wouldn't have known yeah. that that's a thing. I yeah. would love to, to sort of interrupt you and yeah. get you to say why that's important. Because I think there were so many people that said, I want to know how many eggs you got. Like, yeah. why won't you share how many yeah. eggs you got? Yeah, the comparison. Mm. And and um, it's the same reason why, you know, now I have a fertility nurse in my fertility collective so people don't have to get on Google and compare to these random people on forums because we don't know if this information is correct that mm-hmm. people are writing and people, you know, largely only tell bad stories on these forums. You know, that's what yeah. people do. People don't share their good stories. They get off the forums when they've got good news. Yeah. <laughs> they they're not there. Um, so I think, yeah, I I, I – I think with sharing numbers, you know, it can really, um, it can deflate people a lot if their numbers aren't the same. Um, there's a lot of competition and really it's it doesn't matter. I mean, you may have two eggs and you may have one embryo and that's your baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, you may have 15 eggs and you don't have a blastocyst, you know, at, at an embryo at the end. I mean. My doctor said to me, because um, I said, what, what are we, what's the goal? Like I have, all, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm a numbers person. Yeah. Like I want to know what the goal is so I can hit that target yeah yeah. and she said I'm not giving you one because and my doctor was amazing I got very lucky um 
she said, you know, you could have a super low egg count and then you go through the process and you get two eggs and you're stoked. Mm. Or you might, you know, get a much higher number and not be happy. Mm. So she said it's all relative and it's all so personal. So I can't give you a number to tell you to be happy with a certain number. Mm. And I thought that was such good advice. It is really good advice. It's how they fertilise. It's how they develop. It's nothing to do with, yeah. And so, yeah, very good that you didn't share numbers because it Mm. can send people into a little spin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that from other things on Instagram too. There's a lot of comparison. Don't we just? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is the most common Probably, how do I want to word this? With the clients that you work with, mm. what's the main reason that they turn to you? Like what's the sort of trigger to get them to, to come and see you? Um, largely anxiety. Yeah. Um, and they are, obviously I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or anything like that and they do see them separately but they want someone to talk to who has been through it and they um, – the the membership I've got now where sort of they can come in and we have a lot of anxiety, uh, you know, stress, Pilates classes, breathwork classes, you know, um, nutrition, all it, basically everything except the doctor now mm-hmm. um, in there where they can just come and, you know, control what they, they can control, feel empowered, feel like they're doing everything they can in one place as opposed to scrambling for, you know, a Pilates class here or, you know, a, yeah. a meditation here or whatever it is. So, it is just, you know, it's one hub of fertility wellness, um, but you also have access to a fertility nurse. And when I say fertility nurse, you know, that's not because you're in having fertility treatment. You know, I have probably 40%, 50% of the people I have in my membership are just at tr- home trying naturally and they might have been trying for six months, seven months and they just, you know, and they're, they're the ones asking the fertility nurse all the questions as well. So um, it is, yeah, it's just, it's really people who are um, feeling like they want to just take control. I think that's the big thing. It's, it's yes, they are feeling anxious about, you know, the uncertainty and the overwhelm, but really it's people who are just wanting to take control and, and feel better. And obviously I'm here to support them and get them pregnant faster, as, you know, save as much time as possible because time is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we can waste months and months and months waiting for doctors and waiting for this question to be answered and waiting for this test. And, you know, we, we, you know, we're fortunate in the city we live in because we can get answers quickly, but a lot of people can't. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We did talk about this a bit before when I said I definitely, well, you said that your anxiety had never really been a thing up until you started experiencing infertility my depression was shocking Mm. during mine I think I I think I just thought it was anxiety but looking back I I didn't want to do anything I had no motivation I you know every day was a bit of a slog why is that that it takes such a mental toll Mm. when you're going through infertility yeah I totally agree with you my anxiety was through the roof like I said and I think there are so many reasons why it takes a mental toll. Number one is our pain is often hidden, Mm. you know. um, The people around us, you know, because our pain is hidden, we're not supported, you know. Um, There are triggers everywhere, everywhere we look, every supermarket we go into, there's babies. Every time we turn onto Instagram, there's a perfect family of three or four. um, You know, there's pregnancy announcements every single day in our friendship group because you know this is our age group you know Mm. so people are 
getting pregnant in our age group. So, yeah. you know, our friends are getting pregnant easily. Um, it's a constant, um, you know, reminder of our struggle. Um, and just, I think, yeah, people don't know how to support you, so they don't. And I think that's a huge one. Um, I think it's, there's also the constant fear about the future, the mm. constant fear about whether we will become a mum. Um, or whether you know if we have a child already a child already whether we will be able to give them a sibling yeah we're grieving the life we thought we'd have mm. we didn't we didn't take we weren't taught about this at school we weren't taught about infertility at school no you know, we were taught that and you, know, you also have this idea of like okay this year I'm gonna have the first one exactly couple of years time I have the second one absolutely like you've got it all planned out and because then that's suddenly what we're taught that's gone exactly yeah. it's gone but people next to us are living that life you know they're living the life and they're not having to you know fight so hard for a child and they're not having to spend all the money we're having to spend and there's so many reasons why that you know it's like that perceived injustice of it all you know mm -hmm. it's, fertility is so unfair um and then you know really it's just fertility impacts a fertility struggle impacts your whole entire life you know so in terms of the mental toll i mean you know our work you know our friendship groups our family it affects our relationship with our partner. It affects everything. You know, it's not just one little tiny thing. It, it, it impacts our whole entire life. So, you know, I mean, the the rise of anxiety and depression amongst people who are struggling to have a baby is, mm. is huge. I think what you were saying about the uncertainty of it all, that's, it's hard to find hope, you know, that it's all going to work out or to reassure yourself that it's all going to work out when you know that it's not a guarantee. Mm. And I think depression feeds off of that, of, mm. you know, not having hope. Um, and also the loneliness that comes with going through this. Because like you said, it's this like silent battle mm. that often people feel a bit ashamed or they don't feel ready to talk about it. So they don't. Mm. When I was going through it, I spoke to my sister and said, you know, it's so frustrating. I just see all these people posting about, you know, I want to be happy for them but it seems so easy for everyone. Mm -hmm. And my sister was like, it is very rare that someone does a pregnancy announcement and said, hey, it took us 18 months to get here, mm. but we, we're pregnant. Mm. Um, Wouldn't that you be just, amazing? Yeah, but you, <laughs> just, you see the announcement yeah. and then you kind of just assume that it's happened mm. easily mm. and Absolutely. you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I so. think you're onto something there. Yeah. I think we need to do that. I think we need to be... This was two rounds of IVF and now we're pregnant. Yeah. I think people now need and some to people do. like that. Yeah. Or yeah. they'll say, you some know, it's do. been a journey to get here. Yeah. If they say something like yeah. that, yeah. it's so nice and reassuring because you're like, oh, okay, like it's it not is. just me. And it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just that perceived injustice of it all. And, you know, why do some people get to choose when and how many children they have, you know, yeah. when they want to? Yeah. You know, and why don't, you know, some people just not have to fight so hard yeah. and, you know, and, and struggle, you know, and I, I still, um, you know, I know I have three little children now, but I still hate pregnancy announcements. I'm really? like, still triggered. Yeah, I'm still so triggered. You know, I'm like, gosh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't know that it, like, we yeah, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Exactly. Don't know if there was, but I'm like, oh, you know, it's just that, you know, some, why do we have to fight so hard? Yeah. Yeah. I think knowing, having a community like yours and mm. knowing that there are so many other people going through it definitely mm. helps. Mm. Mm. What advice would you give to the friends and family of someone who's going through infertility? I love that question because I just, you know, and I do get asked that all the time. It's hard. It's hard. And, yeah. you know, probably I know there's a lot of people who follow me who 
aren't struggling and they're the mums and the dads of mm. the girls that are or they're the sisters of the girls that are, which I love um, because they're just trying to educate themselves on how to support, you know, their person. But I, you know, number one is definitely educating yourself on a platform like Fertility Collective in terms of learning what not to say. Mm-hmm. Um, easy, number one. Um, I would also say um, just forgive their absence you know and forgive them if they want to just take some time out you know and come back when they're ready don't put pressure on them to if they say no to events for six months that's absolutely fine it's nothing personal you know um certainly be there for them and listen to them um and just acknowledge their pain you know and that can just be saying i'm so sorry you're going through that this that this sucks for you i'm really it's so unfair that's all it needs to be it's just rather than trying to fix it or not saying anything or not saying anything i think people often don't say something because they're scared they'll upset you absolutely but then it feels like it's not yeah the issue doesn't exist yeah or it's being ignored yeah yeah exactly so yeah it's just absolutely acknowledging the pain is 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 really important and just saying you know this really sucks and also just you know i just as a friend you know i think probably just send a message saying look i'm here if you want to go for a walk and talk about your fertility struggle or for to talk about your fertility situation i'm here if you want to go for a walk and not talk about it i'm here if you want to go out for dinner and you know talk about how much this sucks i'm here yeah. if you you know if you want to meet a you know, just come over and sit with you and cry, I'm here. You know, it's just, it's 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 really just being there and not being afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing because you're there. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously the advice like, you know, trying to fix it, you can't fix it, you know, acknowledge, understanding you cannot fix it. You mm-hmm. can't fix someone's fertility. And they're doing everything that they can to try. They and have make, tried yeah. everything. Yeah. We have tried every carrot, ginger, shot chili (laughs) oil everything we were like whatever we've tried it all we've tried it all so yeah yeah putting your legs up in the oh my god (laughs) going on that many holidays (laughs) (laughs) oh god um i would love for you i feel like this is sort of two-pronged if you could go back to cc pre-ivf just before you were about to embark on your fertility journey I feel like this advice would then also apply to someone who is about to embark on that journey too. What advice would you give yourself? Deep breath. Um, Prioritise myself and not be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I was such a people pleaser and I felt so bad not going to a girl's lunch or a baby shower or, you know, so many things I feel bad about and I'd beat myself up about this stuff at home and feel so guilty when really like this is just a chapter of your life Mm. and you are the most important person in this chapter it's your body and you are trying to have a baby and this is you know your friends will be there at the end your family are going to be there at the end I think number one really is just set some boundaries and I have learned that the hard way and I now if I did go back I would be entirely I would deal with it so differently but um just remember that you are the priority and and yeah and and everyone else can come you know secondary to that um also just gather your support team you know whether that's your hairdresser or your spray tanner or your 
you know, your cousin or your colleague or whatever it is, but just, just gather, you know, four people around you who you can just share everything with who are there. They don't need to be your best friend. They don't need to be your sister. They don't need to be your mum, whatever, you know. But if if they are that, that's amazing too. But sometimes you know, it's easier with someone a bit removed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's really what people say about me. I'm like, I'm that person in your corner who's not your best friend, and I'm not your family member. But I, you know, we've got the same goal to get mm. you pregnant, you know, as soon as possible. So, um, but you know, it's just really prioritizing you and gathering your support team, and also just controlling what you can control because that really helps the anxiety and the stress levels. And that's why that the membership exists as well now with you know, being able to do your Pilates and your breath work and just doing everything you can, you know, because I think when there's no control, our confidence gets flipped on its head and we are, mm. you know, Cece is, you know, a shell of herself compared to Cece when she, you know, five, ten years earlier. Yeah, so. that's really good advice. Yeah. How can people, you know, get on board with Fertility Collective? Um, it's just a membership now so it's a very I've made it as affordable as possible because I want to help as many people as possible so I've packed it full of as much goodness um, as I can Um, we've got a fertility nurse in there who's working works answers questions 24 7 um, all your questions so you don't have to get on google Um, and then we have you know Q&A's with doctors where you can ask the doctor the questions via me and I'll ask them all your questions which is incredible oh, so yeah good. and I'm really picky about the doctors I get on I bet you are <laughs> <laughs> there are some good ones and there are some not so, not so yeah. good ones um and then yeah all sorts of yeah tools and tips and yeah in there so it's just a membership fee which is $24 a month and um amazing yeah I love it you're so good yeah. I would love to finish with a little segment called oranges and lemons actually gave you some warning on this <laughs> um i would love to know if you have an orange of the day which is something good that's happened and a lemon of the day which is something not so good my orange is talking to you oh i mean that i really do i've i've you know you've been we've both you know been in um supporting each other over the over Instagram. Yeah. We're both born and bred Adelaide, so we've mm-hmm. got our, you know, West <laughs> Adelaide girls have to sisters. support each other. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I think, yeah, having having but you know, being on here today is is amazing because I feel oh, like you're you. a lot of people in your community would be trying to have a baby. Absolutely. And, yeah. So thank you. That's definitely my orange. Um my lemon is mm. yeah. I saw an old lady fall over. Oh, no. Yeah. That the, is a lemon. Yes, yeah, so that would be my thing. Oh. I know. She's fine. But, well, but I'm glad was, she's all right. Yeah. That is a lemon. That's always really stressful. I was thinking I was going to say my, my plane was delayed and all that stuff, but that was the one that, that got you. didn't like. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, God. I didn't actually think about this too much. My lemon, I, I was telling this story before. I've been catching the tram a lot lately, which I love, um, but I there was a woman in front of me today uh, she was bending over she was she almost dropped her bag so I went to sort of help her but as she bent over her leggings were underneath her butt and her butt was out <laughs> and I because I was on the bottom step and she's on the top step I just had her bum in my face I was like wow I, was that your orange or your lemon oh that's my lemon <laughs> that is not my orange <laughs> Oh She's my checking. goodness! <laughs> That'd be pretty weird if that was my orange. Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it. I got exactly. to see a bum. Exactly. <laughs> Some people would like that. <laughs> oh gosh, um, my orange is 
the fact that you came over from Adelaide to be here with us, it is, I know, I, I always say that I'm not going to say the guest because it's, it's awfully predictable, but yeah, having you over, first interstate guest thank is pretty you. special. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you? CC underscore fertility collective on Instagram. Amazing. Everything is there. Everything. And it's such good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to Tell Me More. This show wouldn't be possible without you. If you'd like to show your support, please subscribe or follow the podcast on your favorite platforms. And don't forget, you can watch full episodes on YouTube and Spotify. Thank you.